is The Wolf of High Street with Tim Bakeless. Hello and welcome to the fifth episode of the Wolf of Pot Street podcast. I'm on with three bozos this evening. Um, I might cut that out. We'll see. But I am on with three friends. Get in there. I'm in with uh, I'm in with three Timberwolves fans. We've we've had a bunch of writers, podcasters, etc. On um, we've got some writers and podcasters on, but. Uh, uh, we're, we're talking more about fandom because everyone in this podcast, in this chat are Timberwolves fans. I think it's fair to call all three of them fans. Their names are Patrick Fenelon, Maggie Schultz, and David Naylor. Patrick and Maggie host a podcast called The Land of 10,000 Takes. And David and I hosted a Timberwolves podcast for a while on another network. David, Maggie, Patrick, how are all of you? Hello. Good, great, feeling good, feeling great. How are you? Yay! Fantastic. Fantastic. I don't know about y'all, but I'm feeling good. <laughs> Excellent. All right. So again, you are all here because you are Timberwolves fans. You don't cover the team in the same way, say, a John Krasinski does. My first question to all of you: We'll start with, hmm, we'll start with Maggie. She's in the box right below me. Maggie, how did you become a Timberwolves fan, and why are you still a fan of this team? Wow, that's a that's a lot. <laughs> I, I'm I'm looking for rants here, guys. Okay, uh, ra- oh God, you're you're never gonna get a rant from me. Um, I've been a season ticket holder for almost 17 years, and I'm still holding on. Clearly, I hate myself. Um, <laughs> no, so I got into basketball when I was in high school. And then, uh, so that just kind of carried over to watching um, basketball in other ways. So, I don't know, watched, went to games and watched games in the late 90s, early 2000s. Um, Clearly really connected with Kevin Garnett and who he was as a player, what he did on the court. and so it just kind of snowballed from there, especially with having Kevin Garnett being the catalyst of everything that I love. Um, mm-hmm. I feel that. Yeah. So that's that. What was the second question? Why am I still a fan? Yeah. yeah. Okay. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to back up and give you all context. Okay. So just as recently as the last couple games. So last game, Anthony Edwards went off in the fourth quarter he gave everybody hope and everybody life and made everybody happy. Jaden McDaniels had a great game. Cat had a good game. It was fun. But the game before that, they got smoked by Ben McLemore and the Houston Rockets. So that's kind of been, that's like a microcosm of the last, how I'm not breaking any news of the last however many years. So what, what keeps you going to games is the follow-up question. Cause I'm an idiot. Um, <laughs> no, I just really enjoy basketball. Um, as, as terrible as the Timberwolves are, I'm, I consider us very lucky to be able to have the NBA as well as the WNBA in Minnesota. And just Minnesota is very, very lush with sports. And we are very lucky to be 
entertained poorly by most of them. Um, <laughs> but Except for the links. Fair enough. We had, with the loons and the links mm-hmm. carry carry our fandom into actual happy territory. Uh, otherwise, it, it's just my love of basketball. It's watching them. It's being in person. It's essentially the environment that it is, um, the family that I've made there, like the people that sit around me. Um, I've been in the same seats for almost 10 years. And so it's knowing the people around me and seeing them night in and night out. And and every once in a while they win and it's exciting. So, David, first of all, thanks for coming on the podcast at the absolute last second. You're the best. Love I you. honestly thought you butt dialed me. I was really confused. Nope. Nope. That was a legitimate call. Uh, Patrick and Maggie were on when I called you and they're like, wow, this is a person he can just call. This person must be a big deal. It was you. It was great. You have lived in Minnesota or lived past tense in Minnesota for what? Two years, right? One year, literally one one. year. And yet you are a Timberwolves fan. You have lived and live in Iowa, a place where generally speaking, I think people get to kind of pick and choose who they root for. So how the hell did you end up landing on the Timberwolves? So the the backstory is I I did not grow up a basketball fan. Like the the childhood portion of the picture isn't there at all for me. I had a hoop in my backyard and I played, but I never like played competitively or anything. I watched the finals every year and that's it cuz like we didn't have cable, so we watched the games that were on national TV and that was about it. I knew who Kobe was. I knew who KG was. I knew who LeBron was when LeBron happened. Dirk was my favorite player when I was in like middle school and high school. Dirk and Steve Nash, like that Mavs, the Mavs teams in that. I remember, I remember that I think I still may have liked the Dallas Mavericks page on Facebook. Um, just the time picture, put the timeline. I like them on Facebook. Yep. That's where it's at. But like, I didn't really dig into actually following the NBA heavily until I was in college in 2008, 2009, 2010. So right around the Ricky Rubio hype train. So obviously we remember the YouTube sensation, the highlight reel plays that Ricky made and all the excitement for him coming over to play for the Timberwolves and following the, following the games that following the league at that time, I really just kind of got sucked into that. I remember following Zach Harper, you've who you've had on this podcast before on Twitter and in the ESPN daily dime chats. And he was a Minnesotan, he was in Minneapolis at the time, I believe. And I think he was mm-hmm. writing about the team for a wolf among wolves. If I remember right. Nailed it. So I just good, kind of good followed. plug. Good plug, by the way. Good plug. I, I kind of just followed and stuck with that. And then I subsequently moved further away from the team because I moved to Missouri in 2012. But then I just kind of started following the team more and more and following people on Twitter. And then I, then they played a preseason game in my hometown and then I went to it and nobody else could watch it. So I wrote about it. And then I started writing about the team and, then I moved to Minnesota because I liked the people in the team so much. <laughs> like, can you, can you say with any level of confidence that Timberwolves Twitter is why you moved to Minneapolis for a year? Yeah. Like completely a hundred percent. It was That's that adorable. the people that I became acquainted with and work like worked with, became friends with, went to games with, went out and met with, which includes the three of you all. Like Aww. I, 
I wanted to be around that. And so I did. And then I got married and moved, moved back to Iowa, but you know, fine. It's fine. My wife is in the room. (laughs) I, I I don't know if you want me to say her name, but hello, David's wife. Hello. (laughs) She's here. You're on a podcast. All right. I saved the birthday boy for last. Patrick, you've had a Ricky, the same Ricky Rubio photo as your avatar as long as I've been on Twitter, which at this point, it's a fairly long time. I think it's like 10 years, something like that. Uh, yeah. Talk, talk about your fandom. Talk about yourself. So if I'm being honest, uh, I got into basketball mostly be- and, and just loving sports in general. Probably after my parents got divorced when I was like five, it was like, Whenever I was around my dad, that's how we would uh, bond and just we'd watch sports and basketball is just his number one thing. And he had absolutely amazing seats for the Timberwolves. Uh, And yeah, I I remember going to games like growing up, watching the team become uh, what it was, uh, you know, and eventually just start loving the sport for what it is. It was, you know, it became something separate than just a wave of, you know, bonding with someone, it became something that you, you know, independently really like. And, you know, it's always been, if I, you know, it's always been, if I can be, if any life decision I make, I've tried to make sure that I can be a fan of uh, basketball. Like I chose Marquette because they have a good college, like, cause they have a good college basketball team. That was actually, if you look, uh, who did I apply to? I applied to, Marquette, Gonzaga, these are the ones I got into. Marquette, Gonzaga, uh, DePaul, just literally all Big East basketball schools and uh, Gonzaga. And yeah, like, and then I got there and I realized, oh, crap, these guys aren't nearly as good as the NBA. And so (laughs) again, Uh, (laughs) some of them thought they were men, though, at the time. Ah, Wes Matthews was on that fun uh, on that Marquette team. And and, uh, I cannot believe that that guy went undrafted to this day. Just stunning. Uh, but yeah, the, um, yeah. And then I started following, uh, Timberwolves Twitter once. Yeah. Ricky Rubio was kind of, uh, was probably the big tie in that most of Timberwolves Twitter probably is they, that's probably when a lot of them joined on. And that's probably why he's kind of so special to a lot of us is that, uh, it was, yeah, that, that first year he was, he was here with, uh, him, uh, you know, Kevin Love, uh, Michael Beasley, uh, even like Anthony um, Randolph, right? Anthony Randolph, Anthony Tolliver. Uh, my little brother still has that poster in his room right now of that team. And, uh, and yeah, it, it's, um, he's like 21 now, but and like, seriously, it's still in his room. Uh, and yeah, pretty much that's when all this kicked off for all of us. And, you know, eventually you, yeah, you, yeah, you develop a social network with your, with uh, the people that follow the team. And it's been pretty weird that a lot of them are a lot, we have a lot in common and we're just, none of us really are that big of assholes and it's great. So yeah, you know, you develop a group of friends about it. Yeah, I know. Okay. Or in a good way, usually, but yeah. Patrick. <laughs> And we're back with another round of trivia brought to you as always by our friends at Prize Brewing who brews their award-winning Prize Miraculum. 
their signature dry hop and citrus forward IPA with a smooth malty finish, the perfect balance of West Coast hops and East Coast malts. Prizebrewing.com is where you can find all of their beer and everything else that they offer. We have Lars from Minneapolis here who's gonna try to answer three questions. Lars, how are you? I'm doing well. Excellent. So I'm hoping I can live up to uh, the trivia that's come before. It's uh, it, it's a little bit different this time. So I had three of my friends on. They're all podcasters, writers, etc. They're also Timberwolves fans. So this week's trivia is based around Timberwolves fans, famous Timberwolves fans, or Timberwolves fan adjacent people. Okay. So it's gonna be a little different. Do your best. No big deal. But as I said before the pod, if you get one or zero correct you will not win a prize with us if you get two correct you get our tier one package if you get all three right you get our top tier package are you ready to go yeah let's go for it excellent so question one a former timberwolves player who won championships in los angeles was known as a fan on the bench uh he didn't play big minutes with the Timberwolves, but he was known for standing up and clapping and once attempted and missed seven three-pointers at an end-of-season tank attempt. Who is this player? Okay, so he played on the Timberwolves, not heavy minutes, but he won championships with the Lakers. And he was a fan on the bench. Gosh. I have no idea, to be honest. Um, Sidney Lowe? Sydney Lowe is incorrect. Oh, okay. The answer is Mark Madsen. Mark Madsen oh, played okay. on the Timberwolves uh, between, I believe, 2003 and like 07, something like that. Played for a long time with the Wolves. Always up yeah. and laughing. Very fan-like. Okay. All right. All right. You're 0 for 1, but that's okay. You still got two chances to get a couple correct. So question two. A relatively famous Timberwolves fan was once the host, was the original host of The Daily Show, eventually taken over by Jon Stewart and then Trevor Noah, also hosted The Late Show on CBS. He would follow Dave Letterman. And he once had Kevin Garnett, Latrell Sprewell, and Sam Cassell on his show in 2004. Who is this person? Okay, I actually know this one. This is Craig Kilborn. Craig Kilborn is correct. Excellent. All right. You are one for two. All right. Last question. A former super fan, Bill, I believe it's Bicey or Bice, used to sit courtside every game. He was a, he even got his own bobblehead made, made for him through the Timberwolves. He was known for holding something in his hand every game and slapping it on the floor. What was it? Oh, Bill Bice. Um, that sort of sounds familiar. Um, what could you actually slap on the floor? Um, I don't know the answer, but I'm going to guess a towel. Sorry, Lars, a towel is incorrect. I would have accepted a newspaper, magazine, or I believe most of the time it was a game program. Uh, okay. So, unfortunately, you went one for three this time around, but that's okay. We appreciate you coming on. 
giving it your best shot. These were some, this is a weird one. These are some tough yeah. ones. So we appreciate you coming on, man, and hope you're doing well. All right. Thank you. Okay. So <laughs> Maggie already touched on it a little bit, but how hard is it? We'll get to the good stuff eventually, but how hard is it considering the wins and losses, considering the one winning season was the season that, as far as I could tell, most people on NBA or on Timberwolves Twitter hated the most. I loved it. <laughs> I enjoyed it immensely. Uh, but For Derek Rose, I loved it. <laughs> right. Yeah. Key distinction. But any, all that aside, they've... I mean, they've sucked other than that year. They've been bad. They haven't had a winning record other than that one year. Is it hard remaining a fan of the team or is it like, uh, is it just natural now? What's David or Patrick? What is it? Has it been tougher? It's extremely I easy. Take, I, I was going to say, I can, I can take this one a little bit. It's, I will again reference my wife because she makes fun of me about this regularly. I have a habit of choosing teams who have a habit of losing pathetically um, in various ways at various times as teams that I root for. Um, And much of that is rooted in my Timberwolves fandom. (laughs) Um, It's just kind of, and and like the, the thing I've always said about it is I, I've never wanted to be someone who cheered for a front running team. Like the entire point of the thing is the drama of whether or not you're going to get a win or a loss. And while yeah, we, the Timberwolves haven't won any championships, which sucks. I'd like to win a championship. I'd like to see them win a championship. That'd be cool. The, the moments you have that stick with you with the players on the team and the team camaraderie that gets built up over, over seasons like this, I think people, might underestimate if they don't understand like the human side of it, right? Like the moment where the, the really pathetically terrible 2015, 16 Timberwolves beat the golden state warriors who were 73 and nine that season in their arena. Like that, that season was terrible. They were awful. They were so bad, but that moment like will always stick in my head. The moment that Patrick and I were at a bar together um, in 20, 17 when Ricky Rubio hit a three-pointer buzzer. Oh yeah. Holy shit. Like I, that moment's always going to stick in my mind and yeah, it's, it's not rings. I'm good with that. Like it's, it's the moments that stick with you with this team, with any team that like, I, I wouldn't trade that. Patrick, do you have anything to add to that? I mean, it's pretty easy at this point. Like I don't, Someone asked the question is like, do you want, uh, do you really care about winning or do you want good vibes? And I'm like, well, I have an option. To root for winning. Like, like, what? Like, what are you, dude? What? <laughs> like, I don't know. Give, throw, uh, let me find out. I'd, I'd love to find out. But until then, I'm going with good vibes because that's just all I got. Uh, and we've made the most of it. Um, yeah. Yeah. Fine you for saying that i'm so angry at you for saying that right this now. is definitely going to be the snippet i put on social media <laughs> well, well yeah. this, this is podcast subtweeting is what's happening right now yeah, We're just, oh, oh, oh yeah oh it, oh it is and uh but yeah, yeah the vibes are good and uh I, i'd like some winning and we'll find out then <laughs> sweet vibes bro okay Uh, past i'm sorry meg we'll talk about something good now we're going to talk about something good 
What has been, if you could pinpoint one moment, and I'm going to exclude the year 2004. How dare you? I'm excluding the year. Everyone's going to say 04 except for David. That's true. Everyone's going to say 2004, so I'm not counting it. What is the one moment of your time as a Timberwolves fan that sticks out? Like David might say the, the, the game when they beat the 73 and 9 Warriors. Maggie, I'm sorry. Yes. If you need a moment to think about it, tell me what yours is. I think it's really unfair because 100% my moment is the 2004 moment. Like, so what? That playoff series? Second round? No, just the first two rounds. Mm -hmm. I went to every home game. I didn't go to the semis because I couldn't get tickets. But other than that, I was at every home game. And so... um, uh, getting out of the second round, uh, we had two tickets, but we weren't sitting by each other, like me and one of my friends. And so we switched spots at halftime. Like that was our plan for having those seats. Um, and so one was in the upper level, upper level, one was in the lower level. And so the second half, I had the lower level seat and it was in the last row of um like one of the um i don't know i think it was like 101 which is uh at the end of the court last row and so when we actually advanced into the semifinals like i was standing on my seat (laughs) just bouncing and yelling and cheering and we poured into the street that was 100% like one of my best moments as a Timberwolves fan. So, no, I'm going to make you let me have that. You broke the rules, damn it. All right, fine, <laughs> fine. That's cool. Patrick, do you have a favorite uh, moment no. other than 04? Uh, yeah. Uh... <sighs> if you need to think about it, I have one. Uh I, have a good, I mean, I was there for the, uh, this is a random one. I was there, I think I was like in the fourth row, actually. Uh, the game that Shane Heal lit it up against the uh, Seattle Supersonics in the playoffs way early on. So, and that is uh, random as hell. I mean, well, what, they won a playoff game. I mean, they freaking, and he, yeah, he had like, I want to say like 15 oh, points. this is in the playoff. Okay, okay, now I got you. Now I no, got you. It, was, it was one of their playoff games, yeah. And he just lit it up. And it was like the one guy, you know, the one guy who's like this, you know, sharpshooting three-pointer, like like three-point shooter that like I wanted to see play all year. If you ever watched him warm up, he would shoot like half-court jumpers the whole like the whole time. Also, he was the only guy who talked more shit than, uh, can I swear on this podcast? Or Sure. Okay, good. God damn it. It's my podcast. Uh, I don't care. <laughs> Okay. Yeah. He's the only guy who talked more shit than uh, Gary Payton in the entire fucking league, uh, which I didn't know at the time, but in hindsight, that absolutely rules that he did this against him, considering he tried to start like, yeah. Um, anyways. Uh, yeah. I think he lit up the uh, Saunders substitute, substitute him in, in the fourth quarter against, um, against the Supersonics in like game three of of that matchup, and yeah, he like had 15 in the fourth. It was insane. Is this the series when the Wolves went up two to one on the Sonics, yes. and yes. then they lost three to two? Okay. Yep. 
God, I think that was game two, the, the second game they won. Yeah. That's nuts. Yep. David, do you have any other ones that come to mind other than the, I don't know. I always think of it as the Shabazz Muhammad game. That's, that's like just how I, like he killed it in that game. If I recall correctly, but is there another one that sticks in your head or are you sticking to that one? So like, I obviously have fewer of the, I was there moments than any of the three of you do, because I didn't exactly live close enough to go to games regularly. I mean, I was Um, nine. So was I, the, (laughs) the, the individual game that sticks in my mind, which you all probably could guess is the Corey Brewer 51 point game, Um, (laughs) (laughs) which was a fantastic work of art of a basketball game. But if, if I was picking like a moment that sticks with me that I was there for in person, it's not actually a good one in theory. It was the, the game that they raised the banner for flip. Oh Um, yeah. I like, I, I saw that they were doing it and I'm like, I know I need to be at this game. Like, and it, it was important to be there for that, I guess. And like, it because that's a part of this this whole fan experience too is what flip meant to the team throughout this whole whole time and how many of the moments that that's tied to so like that's it's it's not a good and fun game that i was at but it was a, mm-hmm. it was a moment to be at those are good ones i also have i have two the first one was kevin garnett's return to minnesota when they played washington I was covering the team at this point in time. I was like 24, something like that, 25, trying to become a full-time sports writer. And I don't know, David, you've been in media row, but like everybody there is so stoic during those moments, even like the really big moments. Like you might hear somebody be like, oh, wow, nice dunk or something like that. But there's never any clapping. There's never any applause or anything. And when Garnett's name was announced, I mean, this is part of why I left sports journalism, but as it's happening, everyone's just typing away. It's like just taking the damn moment for a minute. So like while he, while his name was announced, I was like, I had my hands underneath the desk and I was just clapping and losing my mind. Um, So that's number one. Number two is game 82 in 2018 against Denver. Definitely. I was writing full time at that point. And the, I mean, at that point, I feel like the Nuggets and the Wolves were sort of on a level playing field. Kat and Jokic were both young all-star caliber centers. I think most people at that point had Kat above Jokic. Um, But the Wolves also had Butler. So I think a lot of people expected, I mean, Jimmy got hurt that year. So that's like the reason that they got into that position. But that was an insane game. It was a close game. The Taj Gibson steal, the Jimmy plays down the stretch. I mean, it was that game will stick with me for a long time. Like the, like we talked about at the beginning, all the crap that's happened in the past for all of that to come down to one game for the wolves to make the playoffs. That just seemed like the most wolves thing ever. And it felt like they were going to lose the game just based on reputation alone. But then when they actually won it, I was, I was kind of shell shocked. So those are my two, uh, 
Maggie just sent us a group message that that is also what I'm cracking. That You're is right, Tim. making all of us laugh, and it's throwing <laughs> me off. Okay, all right, cool. I'm sorry. It's it's okay. That that's for after Fine. the podcast because I am curious about that. Okay, I will. God I will, damn it, Maggie. It. <laughs> all right. Uh, well, there's been a lot of funny, weird things that have happened. Clearly, in years upon years of me having season tickets so <laughs> okay last one what's the, what's your favorite thing you've heard during a timberwolves game like at a timberwolves game whether it be from another fan whether it be from kg at the end of the bench sitting next to nikola pekovic by tom thibodeau on a broadcast whatever whatever you want it to be it doesn't have to be at the game it just has to be watching a game It'd be, it could be something Jim Pete said, Marnie said, at a game, whatever have you. Does anyone have one in mind? I do. I, I Patrick, do. go. So my mom leaned over to me and uh, looked at Ken Maurer and said, "Is there's no way he doesn't wear a Speedo to the beach. And uh... <laughs> <laughs> That one's going to be hard to top. Well, you won't let me tell my story, so. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> David, what do you got? Um, uh, the, the, one, the one that pops out in my mind, I already referenced the game that this is about, but the, the media interview after, at the end of Corey's 51-point game where he was just, like, completely confused as to what had happened. <laughs> like, I don't remember the quote, but like if you if you look up the highlights on YouTube, they have the like interview with him where it would like it's water dumped on or whatever, and he's just like, I don't know what happened. <laughs> it just kind of works. <laughs> I do I play well, but fifty? <laughs> really? He was though. basically like, "Wow, the Rockets really sucked tonight." Yeah. Okay, I do remember that, Maggie. Uh so mine is a quote from Michael Beasley. Uh, some of the season ticket holders got invited to a uh, morning shoot-around. And so they were just running passing drills, whatever. Um, the whole team was lined up. Well, almost all the whole, almost the whole team was lined up around the arch or three-point line. And uh, just... Passing, passing, passing. Someone passed it to Michael Beasley, who had already been passed to at least twice in this passing exercise, and he just shot the ball. <laughs> and Martel Webster was standing there, and he goes, hey, Mikey, we were running a passing drill. He says, I passed it to the hoop. <laughs> <laughs> My most favorite thing ever. That is outstanding. I, I miss Michael Beasley. Michael Beasley so much. <laughs> Michael Beasley was an Adderall prescription away from being a perennial all-star. It's kind of tragic. <laughs> oh, man. Well, these stories gave me life. I'm looking forward to hearing the extra story that won't be on the podcast. Maybe I'll type it out on my Patreon page. Uh, that's, I wanna, say, that's the premium content. If you, you, you want to subscribe to my Patreon, it's patreon.com backslash the Wolf of Pod Street. I'll put it on there if you want to hear it. Uh, but we're on Tim's only fan page, as I said. When I was 
This podcast was the biggest mistake of my life. Uh, all right. You, you asked for this. Just remember that when you have to publish it. You asked specifically for this. I sure did. All right. Patrick. Maggie. Dave. Oh, first of all, Patrick, on the air. Happy birthday. You're the best. David, you're going to be a dad soon. You're the best. Maggie, you're the best. You're all the best. Thank you for coming on. Uh, that wraps up another episode Let's of the Wolf of Pod Street. Good night. Good God. <laughs>